What's up, everybody? It's me, it's me, it's Gino V, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, coming to you with, check this out, big episode 50 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. That's right, we have made it to 5-0. 50 episodes of yours truly running off at the mouth about not much of anything, and it amazes me that I've somehow managed to accomplish this feat. Well, I won't say quite 50 times yet because this episode is not complete. I'm just sitting down to record it. But for all intents and purposes, there's there's been 50 episodes. That That's amazing. And that anyone has been along for any portion of the ride is equally mind-blowing um, because I'm not sure what the appeal is. But perhaps there is an appeal for you if you are, in fact, out there listening to this show transmitted by way of the IC Robots Radio Network. Um, For those of you who are new to the show, this is a podcast where I, an exceedingly ordinary average individual, offer up takes, ruminations, meditations, thoughts, stories, Takeaways, I guess takeaways are takes, right? So we're already getting redundant here. But in any case, just just various missives of mundanity, various uh, portraits of, as I said, an ordinary average life, um, and present them in a way in which we sensationalize this everyday nothingness for you, the listener. Um, and so I, I guess that's the appeal, is we're all, we are all schmoes together out here, so why not revel in... Schmoness. We spend enough of our life um, ooing and eyeing over the grandiose accomplishments and the the pillaring cultural uh, gigantism of celebrity figures. So why not once in a while ratchet it back and sort of both wallow in and revel in our collective nothingness, our collective ordinariness. And actually, I'd say, you know, to be perfectly honest, I'm being somewhat self-deprecating and facetious. I don't really think there's anything wrong with being an ordinary average schmo. I think that, that's that's real life, man. That that That's gritty reality here in the trenches. And um, it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, at the end, at the end of the, I was going to say at the end of the day, but at the end of the life, you know, I mean, we all presumably go to the same place. I guess there's some folks that believe uh, some bizarre stratification of people based on their deeds but I one way or the other this life is over in the same way for all of us and it's not like we bring the trappings and the kudos and acolytes from accolades not acolytes that was the there may be some acolytes because aren't acolytes sort of like druidy type folks that are always hanging around like dead people and graveyards I I, I don't know what, what acolyte is really just a follower but but acolytes are often given this sort of uh sinister um cast in popular culture because i guess the idea is that they're like an acolyte of a sinister individual so uh like the acolytes in wwf where they were like followers of the undertaker when he was all spooky before he was hanging out with pardoned war criminals um in real life he, he was a spooky occult character that the acolytes were following um 
But what was I saying? Uh, ah, yes, the, the accolades don't come with you. The Grim Reaper does not care if you were Joe Schmo, Jane Doe, or uh, I don't know, uh, Margaret Cho. Isn't that a comedian? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know anything about that. That name just came to mind when I was trying to think of something that rhymed with O. I guess I should have said Jackie O. That's a more famous cultural icon. No offense to Margaret Cho if Margaret Cho in fact exists. I'm pretty sure that's a person. I suppose I could have also said Barry O. Although I think Barry O might be lower on the rung of cultural artifacts than either Jackie O or Margaret Cho if she should exist. I think Barry O is more down here with Joe Schmo and Jane Doe. Anyway, the point is, think going on this path of reasoning, for me at least, um, oftentimes causes me to think about what's important in life. Think about what I'm even trying to do with my life. You know, it's very easy in a world um, where, at least in our culture, there is a lot of pressure of accomplishment and title and uh, status. You know, all the, the bling and you got to have like some fancy sneakers and you got to have to have like a PhD and, and you know, uh, I don't know, be a CEO and all at the same time while you're on your rocket ship out to space. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of pressure put on these things. So there's, there's a, uh, even for those of us who don't, are, aren't naturally predisposed to caring about it, you know, you can find yourself in moments of, uh, moments of doubt, moments of regret. What did I do with my life? But then, you know, you think about your life and, uh, maybe if you're an ordinary average schmo that has some friends that you care about, that, uh, maybe has a family that you care about, maybe has some hobbies that you enjoy doing, um, Maybe has some creative pursuits or athletic pursuits or just whatever gets you out of bed in the morning, even though you get no recognition or reward for it, just something you do. Maybe those things are all fine. I mean, we're we're, we're here for, you know, 40 to 80 years, I guess, if we're lucky. Um, And uh, you, you can either spend that time worrying about creating a monument to yourself or you can spend that time enjoying the company of the people around you and uh, leaving behind memories with those people and uh, uh, leaving this world with some people still in it that uh, liked you for who you were. That's pretty amazing, if that if that's possible. I don't know. That, that, it, I, I don't feel there's a lot of premium put in that socially, but if you really stop to think about it, you really, really stop to think about it just a little bit. That's kind of impressive. That's, that's kind of an impressive feat. Um, so... Yeah, I guess I I joke about this show being about nothing. I joke about myself being a nobody, but I fully embrace that nobodiness because I feel secure in the life I have among the people that I actually know and are important to me. And I enjoy sharing those stories with you. And if you can make any kind of connections with your own very unashamed ordinary life, all the better. Let's have fun together. I don't, I don't even know why we're talking this. On episode 50... I will make one um, quick announcement really, really briefly here on episode 50, on this milestone episode 50. After this uh, episode 50 concludes, I'm calling the podcast. That's it. I'm calling it. There will be no episode 51 uh, moving forward next week. There will be no episode 51 the week after that, nor the week after that. Because I will be calling the podcast. 
for three weeks, and then we'll be back with episode 51. No, I, I'm going to be uh, gone on vacation next week, and then when we get back, we have some uh, lifestyle changes going on here at uh, the fake Sensational Manor as we await the uh, unveiling of the real Sensational Manor 2.0. Um, as I mentioned a few episodes ago, uh, my wife... Ms. Sensational got a new job, and that's all finally now 100% official and happening, and there's a start date, but it involves just some reconfiguring of our family setup and our schedule and everything, and so we're going on vacation for a week, then we get back and she starts her new job, and then there's like two weeks, and then school starts, so I figure if I take three weeks off, one week I'm just, I can't do the podcast no matter what, if I take those subsequent two weeks off to get recalibrated over here. Once that's all done, the kids will be back in school and it'll make recording the podcast so much easier anyway because I'm having to do this whole song and dance in the summertime about finding times when I can actually do it. And it will just make episode 51 all that much more epic. So 50 will conclude. We'll, we will be off for three weeks. Maybe ISR will throw up some uh, classic episodes on the feed. And then we will be back on, um, let's see, what is that here? Getting up the uh, sensational calendar. Uh, we will return on, let's see, we will not be airing on August 4th, 11th, or 18th. We will be back on August 25th, 25th. I will be 45 by that time, and we will be on episode 51. Go, 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 shawty, it's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like Folks, I... Almost committed the most embarrassing social media faux pas the other night. Unfortunately, the only person I think that witnessed it was um, friend of the show, friend of the network, victim of bullying and trolling on my part to no end. One Albert A. of uh, the San Fernando Valley in Southern California. I think I got that right. San Fernando Valley. Is that right? Albert A. Um, also known as at Teen Wundle on the Twitter machine. That's T-E-E-N numeral one D-O-L. Give him a follow. And while you're at that, you can give me a follow too. I'm at Sensational Vega on the Twitter machine. I try to get away from Facebook, particularly as a vehicle for anything related to this show or creative pursuits, but I've also always been bad at Twitter and been relatively dormant at Twitter. I think I'm following like a handful of people and like 30 people follow me or something like that. But if you are listening to the show and if we are not connected on social media and if you would like to connect, please give me a follow at Sensational Vega uh, and uh, we can connect over there and I can start using Twitter more. Maybe if I get some more people following me and, I, and of course I'll follow you as well. Um, and while you're at it again, give Teen Wendell a follow. He's a, a good guy. If you, if you, if you, if you don't have someone in your life that you can attach a kick me sign onto or kick sand in the face like in those Charles Atlas uh, advertisements, but you want someone like that in your life, that's Teen Wundle. Anyway, it was um, maybe it was Saturday night. I was up pretty late. Or maybe it was Friday night. I think it was Friday night, actually. Yeah, it's Friday night because um, my youngest daughter, Miss Two, uh, she had a little birthday dinner with a couple chums of hers. Um, and so, um, we were out of the house later than we normally would be on a Friday. And so my, my whole Friday evening of sitting around and either playing video games or watching wrestling or watching other content, streaming content was pushed back several hours. So I didn't even get started till later. So by the time I was doing it, I was kind of sleepy 
And then, you know, had a few of my Friday night uh, cold ones, a few Steve Weisers, which I, I want to do on Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, but anyway, I, I thought I would sit down and binge or at least start binging that new uh, Masters of the Universe series on um, Netflix, Revelations or whatever it's called, because I was a huge fan of the Masters of the Universe toy franchise as a child. That was probably my number one toy franchise. And I was an ardent watcher of the Filmation cartoon, but I never liked the Filmation cartoon. Even as a little kid, I thought it was dopey and a little kiddy and, and lame. But I watched it anyway because it was Masters of the Universe. Um, so now, many years later, as a middle-aged man who still sits at home watching cartoons about Mattel toy lines, I thought, you know what? I'll dip back into Masters of the Universe with this series. It's new. It's modern. It's got some funding. Uh, you know, uh, content creators take this kind of subject matter, uh, handle it differently than they did in the 80s. It's no longer dumbed down for kids necessarily. You know, So I'll give it a try. It might be a good good way to make peace with um, the filmation take on He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Um, because as I had read, it was being presented as a direct sequel to that uh, filmation series. But that also made me kind of um, apprehensive about the series because as I said, I was not a fan of that series even when I was a little kid. So anyway, I made it through the first episode and I just realized I really don't like filmation He-Man whether it's Filmation He-Man when it was Filmation or whether it's Kevin Smith doing it on Netflix in 2021. I just don't really like it. I, it's, it's just not for me. And it's a, it's no, I mean, I, I'm not trying to argue other people shouldn't like it. I just, again, what I realized, so I, I made it through the first episode and I realized I really don't want to spend time watching this show because my content watching time is limited and precious and I, I, I just want to watch stuff I actually want to watch. Uh, I, I get into this trap sometimes where I watch stuff out of duty, and I'm trying to limit that in my life moving forward. So uh, at this point, it was like 2 in the morning, and I posted on Facebook, you know, I made it to one episode of this He-Man show, and I had to tap. Uh, I, I Oh, I said, I, I guess what I really like is Conan, because that's kind of my issue. You know, if I recall correctly, Masters of the Universe toys were originally intended to be a Conan action figure line, and Conan was determined to be too grim for small children, so it was morphed into He-Man. And I, I think there were some benefits to that. You probably wouldn't have gotten quite as wild and zany of, um, in a good way, of uh, characters as like Manny Faces and, and Triclops and, and Moss Man and all the others. If it had been just straight Conan, I don't know if it, if it would have gone so tangential with all the characters that were, were created. Um, but what I think it lost, particularly then with how it was portrayed on television with the Filmation cartoon, is all of that great Conan low fantasy grimness that I love, even loved as a child, um, was all evaporated in favor of kind of bright color, ha-ha irony and, and dumb downness for kids. Like, they, you know, the kids can't watch a head get chopped off. The kids want to see Orko talk like a baby, you know, um... So even as a, as a child, I felt that disconnect. So it's not just me trying to be an edgelord as an old man. Maybe I was being an edgelord as a child. I don't know. Point is, I, I liked what drew me to the toys was the grim expressions on their face, the bulging biceps, the, the menacing looking weapons, the, the, the hint of just a grisly, gruesome battle between the forces of Skeletor and the forces of Grayskull. Just, again, many heads being severed, limbs being torn asunder, you know, uh, grim battles uh, of uh, savagery and sorcery. 
And that is certainly not what is depicted in the Filmation series, nor in the uh, sequel by Kevin Smith. And that's fine. That's fine. I understand. That's not, I should not expect that from it because that is not what it is. And that is not what it is appealing to the people that actually do like the Filmation iteration of He-Man, which we'll get into in a moment. But anyway, so I was like, yeah, I think I really just like Conan. And then um, Wendell comes crashing through the wall like Kool-Aid Man at two in the morning <laughs> and uh, is like, uh, I thought Kevin Smith was doing that. What's wrong with it? And so um, I replied to him that I realized that just the whole Orko Cringer version of He-Man is just not really for me, never has been for me. And if you do like that, this is probably a much better version of that than the old Filmation cartoon. Um, you know, it's, it's those elements, but like given, you know, better writing, better production, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, again, so again, I made clear, if you like that, this is probably great. It's just not my thing. And as far as Kevin Smith goes, I'm actually pretty ignorant regarding Kevin Smith. I, did, I saw Clerks in the theater when it came out, and it didn't particularly move me. And again, this is not some, meh, like I hate it. I just, I, I don't remember it at all. And it's funny because I, I would have thought that that movie would have spoken to me more because I certainly was a clerk. I was a retail worker in the 90s uh, of various stripes. But I just, I remember the movie. It just, it did not, we were like ships passing in a night. And so I never really followed anything Kevin Smith um, moving forward as his career expanded and evolved. Um, I'm sure I've read Kevin Smith comic books or you know, been around other stuff that has been touched by his orbit and just not known it. Because I, I I like to go into comic books blind, kind of, um, for the most part. I mean, sometimes it's impossible, uh, um, impossible to do so. But I was never, um, when I was a kid, comic books always felt very anonymous to me. Like, I had no idea who the artist was. I had no idea who the who the writer was. And I'm sure they were all credited in there. It just wasn't something I looked to as the, when I was a kid. I just looked to the comic itself, and it was like its, its own entity. And I never really got hung up on the individuals behind it. Not, not that, you know, those individuals obviously deserve much credit and kudos for the great work that they do, but I, just not how I consumed comic books. So I'm sure I've read Kevin Smith comic books without realizing it was him, and I probably even enjoyed them. I think I read some of that Green Arrow stuff that I'm pretty sure he did. But uh, anyway, I made that post, and I had that exchange with Wendell, and then I felt kind of bad about it, because I was like, you know what? There's probably plenty of people out there enjoying this show. I don't need to be out here bad-mouthing it. There's so much of that now. I mean, not now. I mean, probably always. But it's prevalent now with the forums that are available to us at the, at the touch of a button where everything is just people piling on how much they hate something or how much they're not going to watch something. I refuse to watch that. It's like, okay, then you don't need to comment on it. And I, I realized I was kind of doing that and I'm trying to get away from that. I'm trying to just let people enjoy what they enjoy. I will troll Wendell to the end of ends of the earth, like about the wrestling he likes and stuff like that. But I oftentimes even like the stuff that I'm trolling him about. It just, you know, sorry, Wendell. You, you know, you got that. You got that permanent. You, so you must have tattooed like a translucent kick me sign on your back, and I can just kind of sense it through through that leather jacket. But um, but no, I just realized like why let people enjoy this? Like the first day it came out, I don't need to be on here, so I deleted the post. And since it was so late at night, hopefully not many saw it. But anyway, um, that show occurred to me again um, the other day. And I was like, you know, I'm curious to see how it's been received. And maybe I was just being weird. But I, 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 then again, I'll probably see that it's people that like the stuff that I don't just inherently don't like about Filmation He-Man are liking it. So anyway, I, just, I, I went on the Google machine to look. And I found out that the show is getting, the, the people are up in arms. People hate this show. They're, ah. I was like, I wonder what's going on. So I read a few articles about it. And whoo boy, um, 
Mutants attack once again. This just in. Mutants are running wild to the borough of Manhattan. But anyway, it was... I guess what happened is... Spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear about stuff that happened in the first five episodes of this He-Man show that has been out long enough that everyone should have watched it by now who wants to watch it, um, you will have to the count of five to uh, skip ahead like five minutes. Five, four, three, two, one. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, so He-Man dies. I think he died in that first episode I saw, and I just assumed it would he'd be back in the next one. I didn't think it was going to be a long-term thing. But apparently he dies, and then I think is gone for the, the remainder of the five episodes. And um, Tila um, steps in to um, sort of take the place as the main character in those first five episodes, as what they're going about whatever they're doing trying to either get... I, I don't know if they're trying to get He-Man back or they're just trying to keep Skeletor at bay, blah, blah, blah. I think Orko dies too, so maybe I should go back and watch this show. But anyway, of course. Of course. The mutants are coming! The mutants are coming! They're coming from the heels! They're up in arms, these fellows, that um, Tila was a focused character and not He-Man. Because it is called He-Man, it's not called Tila! Um, anyway, yes, uh, there's... a. People losing their stuff over the fact, I guess, that Tila had a feature role. But you know what? I feel like she had a feature role even in the old cartoon in the 80s when things were like, you know, women basically didn't exist. Um, so I don't know what, you know, it kind of makes sense that if He-Man's out of the picture, who else is going to pick up the slack as being... I always thought she was kind of a heavy hitter, like in the in the, in the the uh, hierarchy of the forces of Grayskull. But what do I know? It's been a long time since I watched those shows. Um, it's just such a silly thing. Like, I understand there, there, there's moments in life uh, where sometimes in order to redress a, a perceived um, social ill, such as like a lack of, of representation of certain groups in popular culture, um, some interests go overboard and do things in kind of a phony, heavy-handed, ham-fisted way, kind of re-education camp way of, you know... Um, we used to think this group was bad, but now we're going to tell you how they're the greatest group known to man. And in fact, they're the only good group in the world. Th- that stuff can get kind of ham-fisted. Bringing more characters who aren't males to the forefront of um, popular entertainment, I don't understand what the problem is with that. There's still... D- dudes, there's plenty of fellas out there. Like, it, I remember, you know, people were losing their mind about some of the Marvel movies. Like, does, does everyone hate, like, Captain Marvel or whatever? Guys, look at the list of Marvel movies. Don't don't worry. Don't you worry. There's plenty of fellows still headlining movies. It, it's okay. And you're not ever going to anyway. So it's okay. Don't worry. I, I just, I don't, it's like, we're actually lucky to be in a phase, I think, where some of this is broken down. We're not in this weird, I, even as a kid, I felt like in the 80s, it was always felt very stilted and stymied how everything was just 100% male-centric, women didn't really exist, except in, like, the most ancillary uh, of roles. And I looked at my real life, and I knew women, and I had female friends, and I had my mom, and it's like, that's not really real life. You know, there's all kinds of people in real life. So there's room. It's, again, we've talked about it many episodes back. It's the uh, abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset. Does opportunity for others mean 
Your opportunity is being taken away. That's the small-minded, scarcity, coward, weakling mindset. Then there's abundance. Does opportunity for others mean there's more opportunity for everyone and there's just more interest in the world and more more things to see and more things to experience? That That's the abundance mindset. And that's what I would think, I would hope, most grown folks would uh, um, gravitate towards. But what do I know? Um, I find the whole thing fascinating because it's like, I, and again, I'm not telling... I'm not saying this is some wild-eyed, what do they call them, social justice warriors. I am as bro as the day is long. I, I, I'm a, a 100% duded out, you know, heterosexual, not that there's anything wrong with not being, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying, I, I'm as like, what are they, I'm as like cis or whatever they call it, as humanly possible. And it does not threaten me in the slightest or bother me in the slightest to see other kinds of characters have their moment in the spotlight. It's fine. Um, in any case, uh, it was just kind of a funny moment of school shooterism that oftentimes comes to the forefront with these, um, sadly comes to the forefront with these instances of popular culture. And here's the thing, guys, wasn't this like part one? It was a five episode drop of part one. You really think do you really think He-Man's not going to reappear in the next set of episodes? You really think Mattel is going to leave that money on the table? Come on. Let the story play out. You know, it's okay, guys. It's okay. The, the little lady will get shoved back into the into the kitchen eventually. You'll get your due. It's okay, guys. I'm just kidding about that part. But I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to placate the mutants there, telling them it's okay. They can breathe. Breathe. It's okay, fellas. Breathe. And I guess it is kind of funny with a property where the main character is literally He-Man, that uh, the the man is not not uh, in the spotlight in these first five episodes, but deal. Um, but where it gets really weird, I, like look, what I mean, what I mean to say is like I I don't agree with it, but I could kind of maybe see why some knuckle draggy bros could be confounded that it said He-Man, uh, but Tila is woman, but well, He-Man. But, um, so I, yeah, I can kind of understand that thought process where it gets really weird, just really weird is when, um, you see people doing this about, um, like Marvel properties or even worse, Star Trek properties. Um, oh, I used to like Marvel until it became SJW. You know, I've been re reading Marvel comics since like 1977 and of course, you know, there's there's fluctuations over time, just like how cultural norms change, how how different things change. But even if you go all the way back to like the beginnings of Marvel, where certain things depicted there might seem sort of off, um, they'd seem on to mutants, but they seem off to people that that have kind of like heightened cultural sensitivities now. If you transport yourself back to that time and look at the norms of the time, Marvel from the very beginning was definitely more tilted toward the side of so-called social justice. Like, there's something bad about that, too. That's always the funny thing with the mutants. Like, I prefer social injustice, but hey, that's just me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to be a heel, that's cool. But, um, but yeah, Marvel was always about, you know, different, kind, different groups coming together to solve their problems amicably, um, people being socially responsible, the heroes, uh, you know, contributing to a better civil society, um... Generally, if there was some social force that didn't understand the heroes or didn't want them there, it's because they'd been like somehow that force had been corrupted. Um, 
uh, J. Jonah Jameson, who was basically like the Mr. Trump of, uh, of the early Marvel days, was a, you know, he, he was a jerk. <laughs> he was, a, you know, he was most certainly not a baby face. He was a heel. Um, and I hate to tell you folks, but, you know, stuff like the early X-Men stories and, you know, the, the, the public being up in arms about them and all that registration stuff, it was a commentary on civil rights. Um, but hey, you know, Marvel's become SJW in, in the last five years, and I, I'm boycotting it from here on out. But oh, but Star Trek, that's the insane one. Star Trek. Star Trek is literally progressive public policy in space. It is people using uh, academic research and science and um, social programs and um, a strong public infrastructure to go out and help lift up other planets out there in the world and help uh, squash uh, uh, conflicts. And yes, sometimes and that's part of the great part of the story. Is sometimes we see the failings of those attempts. But Star Trek is certainly not about a bunch of angry people walling themselves off from each other and doing it on their own and like shooting at each other the, the second they come walking up the driveway. You know, Star Trek was about responsible social behavior within institutions. And so to say, oh, I used to like Star Trek, but they had that black woman in that one show. So now I'm, I, I, I'm boycotting it because they, they became social justice warriors. Guys, come on. Come on. Just use some good faith arguments. If you don't like that stuff, don't like it. That's fine. But don't act like this is something new. Cool stuff generally has some level of socially progressive and socially inclusive worldview or message and if you don't like that you can go watch walker texas ranger and on that note i think i'm going to call it i was intending to talk about arcade memories video game memories in honor of the end of vic sage's storied career um i, I meant to mention last time too um if you if you were not familiar with vic sage and you listened to last week's episode and you were curious uh, do yourself a favor and on whatever your podcast platform is, search up Diary of an Arcade Employee Podcast and go back and listen to those. They're all evergreen. Um, great listens. I, I, I meant to give that plug last time. Go check them out. Um, in the meantime, maybe I'll talk about that uh, next week. I just got off on this uh, He-Man tangent and uh, having fun just kind of theatrically rapping about the dudes being weird about what they get upset about with their favorite franchises. Um, and if you are upset about it, uh, you know, no offense. I'm just, I, I, I'm just joshing you, buddy, but it is kind of sad. Anyway, um, yeah, I will be back in a few weeks. Uh, it's been real. Until then, it's me, it's me, it's Gino V uh, for the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. Signing off.